Today's show is sponsored by HostGator. HostGator is your one-stop website shop. HostGator makes it simple to get your professional website online quick. Plans start at just $3.47 per month. Let's face it, getting a good .com is hard to do. A .net domain, powered by VeriSign, on the other hand, still has a ton of awesome names. You have your domain. Now it's time to build your website. Use HostGator's drag-and-drop builder or WordPress. No need to code. HostGator makes it easy. Get your site up and running with just a few clicks. Head over to HostGator.com. Buy some hosting, get some .nets, and use coupon code WRITERS30. That's WRITERS and the number 30 to get an extra 30% off and support this show. Please support this show by going to HostGator. That's HostGator.com where you get a .NET domain powered by VeriSign. Now entering Nerdist.com. It's the Nerdist Writers Panel on the Nerdist Podcast Channel. Ben Blacker talking writing with writers. Yeah! Uh, Nerdist Writers Panel, I've got Mark Protasevich. Thanks for making time. Well, you're very welcome. I got to see Old Boy last week, uh, of which you are the credited screenwriter. Did anyone else get their paws on this thing? No, it was me from uh, beginning nope. to end. Yeah, Good I was uh, there at the very beginning. I, I Actually, almost to the day, I've been involved with this project for five years. No way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this is a remake of a Korean film, is yes. that correct? Yes. Um, so, so Have you seen the original? I've never seen it. It is so not for me. Oh, okay. Um, and I actually, before I went to see it last week, I emailed uh, the publicist and was like, is this really violent? Because I'm not going to be able to handle it if it's really violent. And they were like, uh, we don't want to tell you anything. God damn it. If it's really violent, I'm walking out. And it's so actually you were, not. So you were, uh, you were a complete... You, you didn't know what you were getting. I didn't in know for. anything about it. Oh, okay. Um, except that's that my great, a friend, actually. my friend, told me it's really violent. So that's how I knew to ask. Okay. Um, and I guess the original is way more violent. Um, I wonder about that. Or gross. I heard a thing about an octopus. Oh well, there is the eating of the octopus. <laughs> we we decided not to. There were certain things from the original that we definitely wanted to use, and certain things that we felt might not work. In a, for for a more for a for a Western audience or mm-hmm. for an American audience, um, or certain things that maybe were a little too iconic to the original. Oh, interesting. Um, so, uh, and and other but other other aspects that we 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 definitely did want to use, but the mm-hmm. the uh, eating of the octopus was one we decided not to go for. Although we do, pay I a, thank we, you. We do pay a little homage to it in, yes. the, in the film. Yes, um, and and I have to say, like it, I I was really. I was braced for the worst, and it actually went down very easily. Oh, okay. The, the whole okay. Movie. I mean, there are there are definitely some violent moments mm-hmm. in it, but I, I think it definitely plays more as a suspense thriller. Yes, it's psychologically super disturbing. Yes, good. <laughs> that's that's good to hear. Then I've uh, done, then I've done my job. Yeah, it's been with me for a week. I'm not happy about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell me, so you, so having been with this the whole way. Uh, right. Did were you did you bring this to the studio to the producers and no, say this no, is no. something the, I uh, want to do? No, um, I, I can give you the whole uh, the whole history of it. Um, I'm curious to know. The Roy Lee, one of the producers, acquired the right the remake rights uh, to the uh, to the original. Um, no relation about, to Spike. Uh, 
No relation to okay. Spike. No relation to Spike. Uh, Roy uh, does a lot of business uh, in Southeast Asia and uh, Asia, period, um, in, in terms of acquiring rights to films made there. And uh, he uh, acquired the rights to Old Boy, I think, about seven years ago. And at one point, shortly after he acquired them, there was, I had, the first time I had heard about an Old Boy remake was I had read something about Justin Lin doing it. Um, and possibly that Samuel L. Jackson, who's actually in our movie, was possibly considered as a lead. Also, Nick Cage, I think, expressed some interest at one point. And um, that version never really went anywhere. Um, and the the project languished for a little bit. My involvement about five years ago came when I was at home and I got a call from Will Smith's assistant saying, Will's going to call you in about a half hour. Will you be around? And I go... <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if I can. <laughs> but the thing is, I, I actually I worked with Will on I Am Legend. Mm -hmm. And so Will's actually always been very supportive, and he and I got to know each other pretty well during the writing of various drafts on oh, wow. I Am Legend. And um, so, and he's, he's always been... Uh, He's always been interested in us doing something again together. And he. so about a half hour after that initial call, I get a call from Will saying, Hey, I want you to write my next movie. It's a remake of Old Boy. And the only thing is you have to come out and meet the director. <laughs> and I go, okay. And he goes, the director Steven Spielberg. That's and, right. I yeah. remember reading this. Yeah. And so that's not a call you get every day no. in my line of work. <laughs> and so two days later, I said, I said, okay, that's, that's not something I'm going to, I'm not going to turn down that meeting. Uh, and so about two, three days later, I was on a plane to LA and uh, sitting in the DreamWorks office with Steven and Stacy Snyder talking about what, uh, what a new version of old boy could be. That's crazy. And and were you familiar with the original? Yeah, I had, I had seen the original uh, in its initial release here in the United okay. States. And uh, it it I love the original film. I, I it it was one of the it, one of the more memorable movie experiences I've had because when that I mean not only is it an incredibly stylized film and intriguing in that regard when you get to that ending it really does pull the rug out from under you and yeah. unsettle you in a lot of ways and uh, I, I I loved it I, I think that's one thing for for the people who you know ha have a very devoted feeling toward the original uh i i would like them to know that i i love it just as much as as they do and one wanted to approach this version with as much honor as mm -hmm. and integrity uh a, a, as possible but it's an interesting thing uh doing that translation i mean you're going in to meet with spielberg to basically pitch your take on this right like what what does a remake bring Right. Well, um, that initial meeting, that initial meeting was more of, uh, you know, you're you're just sort of 
getting a sense of each other and getting a, a sense of point mm-hmm. of view. Um, and But one of the things that I did when I met with Stephen was bring in the original Japanese manga. The, uh, the, he was unaware of that. He, uh, he had... It, and actually, I, it, when I saw the original film, I was unaware that it had been based on, you know, just this series of Japanese graphic novels. And hmm. and um, and when I got that call from Will, I said, you know, the first thing I should do is read the original source material that the origi- that the Korean filmmakers based their film on. So I read all of those, and and, and that was interesting in and of itself. Um, because it's very different from from the film. The basic mm-hmm. the basic premise is the same. Um, a man being locked up for I, I think it's I think it's fifteen years or ten years or fifteen years in the in the in the mm-hmm. original manga. I can't remember exactly. I think maybe fifteen, like the film, the original film. Ours is a little longer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I mean, there you know there are definitely some ideas in there that I think influenced our version that weren't used in the original. But I talked to Stephen about that. We talked about the controversial aspects that we would probably face uh, <clears throat> when uh, uh, we talked about the controversial aspects we would face, probably from a public. That was unaware mm-hmm. of the of the source material of sure. the original film. What, um, what was I'm curious about? You know, I, I think all that stuff was handled really deftly in the film. Um, what were those conversations like? Well, uh, especially then. I mean, Spielberg is not known to be no, this kind of director. And you know, we met. We had about three. We had, I think, three meetings together. Um, dur- in, at the very beginning of, of of this project, and at one point he said that he wanted to go for it. He wanted to. He did not want to because the prediction was when that when it got announced. I think the the expectation was is that somehow we would dilute. Mm-hmm. The story we would make it more palatable, more sure. acceptable. We wouldn't go to the dark places that the original went to, and he wanted to go there. To his credit, he wanted to go there. I, I remember him saying that you know his son was a big fan of the uh, original film, and his a son essentially his son essentially said to him, you know, if you don't go for this. <laughs> I'll never speak to you again. Some, you know, something <laughs> right. along those lines. You, you, right. you know, he, he certainly getting a fan's perspective. Of right, the film. right, yeah. right. So you know, so so we talked about that. Now I don't know if Stephen ever had those conversations with Will about <laughs> about going oh, uh, about going there. I don't, you know. So, but I, but it it ultimately it became a moot point because mm-hmm. after about a year of trying to negotiate deals, mm-hmm. the whole thing fell apart. Wow. And Which is, I mean, this is the feature industry. Like, right. This is how these things go. Five years is not unusual for a gestation oh, period. I Am Legend took over ten. Yeah, we'll get so, to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, uh, so, but during that time, during that year when all the, uh, the, the negotiations were going on, I wrote on spec like a, a 30 35 page very detailed treatment of That's what great. i thought the what the movie could be mm-hmm. i mean i always work from a treatment but um but this one was probably a little even more detailed than, mm-hmm. than others and who is that um, treatment for is it for the studio it's generally for 
you know, you, 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 it's, it generally is for me. I mean, sure. I like working from some type of, uh, out, some type of outline. Yeah. I, I, oh, I, no, it must make the actual I find it makes, it, it makes so the, fast. it makes the writing so much easier. Yeah. So, but do you, do you, but I share it with, yeah. generally you share it with them, which is sometimes risky because mm-hmm. they can then sort of get you to, uh, do a little work adjusting the treatment and so right. there's all Although the, I would the, imagine... w, the WGA has some feelings about, about that. Um, but, but in a practical sense, I mean, I would imagine that getting notes on a treatment, it becomes much easier it ultima- to change it, things. It ultimately, is helpful yeah. no matter no matter what um, you know sometimes you're paid for the treatment mm-hmm. uh, generally the WGA would say you should be paid for the treatment sure. so um, <laughs> we live in uh, complicated uh, times uh, yes it's true um, but uh, so during that time I had worked on this treatment and became and I had I had watched the original I had seen of course the original film mm-hmm. before um, but I'd watched it many times, yeah. watched other films that sort of either dealt with twist endings, mm-hmm. suspense films that dealt with twist endings. What like, were some of those? Uh, Ver- Hitchcock's Vertigo I watched a number a of times. Um, uh, Brian De Palma's spin on Vertigo, Obsession, uh, one, of, one of his, uh, you know, a movie that actually deserves to be uh, kind of rediscovered, I think. Mm-hmm. I actually like that film very much. Um, and uh, Diabolique, oh, sure. uh, uh, the Clouseau film. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked at a lot of those. I also watched a lot of uh, revenge Mm-hmm. Films like John Boorman's Point Blank or Get Carter, the original mm-hmm. Get the British Get Carter with Michael Caine. Um, what did you discover in watching these and in revisiting the original Old Boy? You know, and, you what, know you're watching it a different way when you're kind right. Of watching what, it to take what, apart. What's interesting about Old Boy is is that it it, it deals with two, both of those genres. I mean, there's a mystery that mm-hmm. you're trying to solve. It is almost like a detective. Thriller. You are trying to uncover a mystery. You're, you're trying to delve into. Uh, you're trying to answer a question. A question has been posed, and you're trying to find that answer. And but it also is a revenge film. I mean, you you have someone who feels that they've been wronged, and they're out to get justice uh, through violent means. So it was. I, I think what's what's interesting about the. The, the the mystery aspect of it has a lot it was interesting to look at from a structural sense how things are laid out mm-hmm. you know wh- how clues are placed throughout the film ultimately leading to a revelation that you didn't see coming but when that revelation comes everything you've seen falls into place sure so there, there's a certain mechanical aspect to the, to, to that um, but also you're, you're dealing with character a lot of the you know you, you can look at the Jimmy Stewart character in vertigo and through the through the second half of the film this is a genuinely disturbed guy I mean he has been psychologically changed by what has happened for him and he's a it's a he's a very dark character in in the second half Absolutely. of vertigo and um, so so that was interesting about uh, in terms because I think there are similarities there um, with with our with with the story of old boy and then the the revenge thriller you've got there there's an aspect of the main character who is 
just a tough son of a bitch who is not going to take no for an answer mm-hmm. and achieve, and do, will do anything he needs to do to achieve his goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what's, what's, what I think is interesting about combining these is, you know, the the revenge film aspect of it makes the shoe leather of a detective story or a mystery uh, into, you know, a series of vengeances, right? Like, you get a set piece out of all of these uh, instead right, of knocking right, on doors right. or, you know... I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it, instead of it just being a lot of sifting through files, yeah. you punctuate that with these moments of confrontation um, yeah. and, and, and that are, that are visceral. Right, and, and, and so it's, it's viscerally satisfying as yeah. well as satisfying to, say, a reader of a mystery. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you, you know, you have the intellectual aspect of piecing it together and then that just that raw emotional uh, uh, delight, for lack of a better word, in, in yeah. seeing somebody... The adrenaline rush. Right, right. Seeing somebody act in ways that human beings really <laughs> should not uh, yes. should not act. Correct. In that fashion. Um, that's very interesting. So so you've put, you're putting together this treatment, you're, you know, occasionally getting notes on it. When did the film start to never take even shape got, again? Never, never even got notes on the treatment. On that version. I, it was, I, I remember uh, being with my wife and saying and finishing the treatment and saying to her this is going to be something special this is going to be something that I feel so good about this I had become so invested in in the movie in the project at that point I mean it really began to resonate with me personally and I was really attached to it and it's you know there are certain projects that you become very passionate about and and you feel like it's somehow really echoes with you as a human being as well as a writer and there was something about the story that was just that that during the writing of that treatment I just had to do this and it was literally the day excuse me the day I turned in the day I turned in the treatment a few hours later I got a call from an executive at DreamWorks and when I heard that they had called, I was like, oh, wow, they read it already. <laughs> and they love it. And I was so excited. And then I got the call, and he was, he was so apologetic. And he goes, Mark, it's, it's not happening. Oh. Steven's pulling out. And because Steven's pulling out, Will's pulling out. And the whole thing fell apart. And you have a lot of really bad days as a screenwriter because of things like that. Uh, that day was particularly devastating. That, mm-hmm. that was really... I, I Because I had invested so much in it and saw so much opportunity in it that when it all fell apart, I was just knocked to the floor. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, I, I work in TV where you rarely work for a year on something and then have it go away. Right. Um, you know what? So I don't know what happens after that. Like, where do you go? What happens to the script? Who's who has their hands on it? At well, that point? luckily, so so Roy Lee was still one of the producers, and uh, Doug Davison, and Nathan Kahane um, was shepherding the project with them, and and Nathan and I met and really hit it off and Nathan has always been incredibly supportive of uh, of me and and my involvement in the in the script he's a great guy he's a really great guy and um 
I met with Nathan, Doug, and Roy in L.A., and they said, look, we still want to make this movie. It's not going to be a big studio movie now. Uh, we're, we're, it essentially was being done independently. And they... they, they and so it was only a DreamWorks picture because, because Spielberg of Spielberg's was part of involved, okay. right? So now it was complete. It was it, it Roy was had it, the it, it was yeah right. Yeah. But Nathan uh, was at, at the time was at the company Mandate that mm-hmm. that is now Good Universe, and um, Mandate said, you know, we're going to finance the development of this. We're going to well, we're going to finance the the movie, hmm. um, and so we're going to we're going to do it. We they had they had looked at the treatment and really responded well to it. They liked my passion for it, and they said, "Look, we want you to do this." And I said, "I want to do it," and um, because I had invested so much in it, and they said, "We can't pay you a lot of money up front," um, but was it, but at that point it didn't matter to me mm-hmm. that there are certain projects where you go. Hmm. I'm doing this one because it, I care about it. Mm-hmm. And it, what was it, it about some... this? Did you ever get to reflect and <sighs> figure out what it is that was clicking with you? I I respond well to stories about individuals going through almost like an extreme form of transformation. Um, that you 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 take a character who is sort of leading a life, mm-hmm. and something happens, some major event, some hugely traumatic experience, something strange, something completely unexpected, and because of that, it forces that person to strip away all the crap that we like to present to the world. And uh, as I'm this kind of person, when in reality you're dealing with all sorts of personal issues, you know, everybody's got their own pain, everybody's got their own fear, everyone's got their own vulnerabilities, and these are the things that we don't like to uh, let the world know. And so I, this it interests me just on a human level mm-hmm. of... of, of you know, I love getting to know people and through the course of time getting to that point of, of getting to that point where we trust each other enough to reveal ourselves. Um, so that, that interests me just as a human being and somebody who's been in therapy for many, many years <laughs> um, and sort of uncovering the truth about yourself. And in, in a story like this lets you deal with a character who is uncovering truths about himself. Yeah. So um, so it, it was just, it was really intriguing subject, to ma- subject matter to me on a very human level. I mean, I'm very fascinated by psychology. I'm very uh, I- intrigued by how people work and uh, deep down. Um, mm-hmm. It also, in in a way, is a is a transcendent story. It's it's about almost in in a way also spiritual transformation, um, and that I'm I'm not a religious person, but I'm interested in um, people trying to achieve something on a higher level. Um, and, and, and the first two words I wrote down in writing notes about this script were redemption and revenge. And those are contradictory 
concepts, really, because rem redemption, seeking redemption, is very, a very honorable thing. Very, you know, it, it's a, it's it's a noble pursuit. Uh, you're asking for forgiveness for people. You're trying to make amends about your past. Um, you're 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 striving to be something better, but pursuing revenge generally is you're you're fueling a fire in yourself that is not the best aspect mm -hmm. or the best thing for your soul um and sure. and that's why generally most revenge stories end on a note of was this all worth it there's a great actually another film that i that i looked at a a, a western called nevada smith uh, steve mcqueen western mm -hmm. Um, where you know he's hell bent on uh, seeking the seeking out the men who killed his his parents, and at the by the end but by the end of the movie he he reaches this moment of uh, of transcendence really where mm -hmm. he real where it's like he doesn't need this because he has found other things in his life and or learned things about himself. So I I like I'm intrigued by stories like that. I think they're very like. They're they're rich to me uh, in terms of a human level. So, any so the, they so I essentially said to them, I, I don't care what you can pay me up front. I want to do this, um, and they said great. And I said, but one thing, I go, if you like what I do, if you if you like my first draft, if you if we work do if we work well together, if you guys uh, <laughs> like what I do, I want to be a co-producer on the movie, and I want to be involved as much as I possibly can. <laughs> During during the course of, of production, and and that's the way it worked out. I, right. I mean, I was they were they were incredibly supportive. Uh, luckily, they liked the first draft, um, and then we got to a point where, you know, we had the script. And I was I was you know I was on the set every day during production. I was going to ask. So so yeah. do you? I mean, you've worked on a number of movies mm -hmm. by this time. Have you had that experience where only, you are just the writer? Only once before. Really? On the first, I was spoiled on the first. <laughs> the first movie that I sold and the first one that got made, The Cell, mm -hmm. uh, the Jennifer Lopez, mm -hmm. uh, and that's where they did let you be on set. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I was I was I was there. I was involved in that as, as much as I was this, and That's I fine. love that process. I mean, sure. I, you know, I think some writers are are happy to be the, you know, the the script doctor who comes in here and there, and, and right. so I, I'm 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 uh, I, I'm I have the <laughs> I have a naive part of me that every project I take, I want to be the guy <laughs> f from the beginning to the end. It, it's like I often I often tell people it's sort of like. You know, writers are like pitchers in baseball. You know, and my, my goal is every time I go out as a starter is to pitch a no hitter and <laughs> right. and be there all, front, nine, all innings. nine innings yeah. through the whole thing. And um, but you know, the reality of it is, is you're going to be taken out in the sixth or seventh, <laughs> and you know, there's going to be three or four guys after you. Sure. Uh, almost every other project I've worked on, that that's been the situation. Mm -hmm. Which is sort of, or I'm or I'm a or I'm one of the relievers. I mean, right. you know, that that's. You know that's an aspect too. There are you know there are a few projects that uh, you know there were existing scripts mm -hmm. that, that that I'm you know then then coming in and so um, but but this one and the cell were the were the ones that I was I was in it from from the very beginning into so the long haul. How did it start to get rolling again? And then how many rewrites were you doing once it was? Well, the the most extensive rewrite process that I went to was working with Nathan and the producers. Um, during for about a year before anybody was attached hmm. to it, so we we were 
very much um, intent on trying to get as strong a draft as possible to then present to actors mm-hmm. and directors to to see if they would be interested in in, in doing in doing the film. That's so smart. I mean, that's yeah, so no, it was great because the it, because uh, the I think the 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 worst thing you can do is sort of go out to the creative community with something that's not fully realized. Absolutely. And um and and so they were they were also incredibly supportive of, you know, whoever they were talking to uh in terms of uh directors or actors saying, "We want to make this script. We're not looking for, you know, we're not oh, looking great. to reinvent the wheel here. Wow. So we're, we're we want to make it. But you know, of course. But then you know, uh, at a, you know, so there were you know a number of actors and directors who you know looked at the script. The, the The response was always very good about the script. There were quite a few directors who were just reticent about remaking mm-hmm. a film they liked very much and admired very much. So, I, and I understand that. But um, then uh, Spike Spike was actually looking for material. He he hmm. wanted to do some. He wanted to do. He wanted to see what was out there. What what you know? What scripts were out there? He was looking to do something not of his own. He was looking to do something uh, uh, more of a studio project. Oh, interesting. Uh, uh, but then, and, but you get involved with someone like Spike Lee, who is himself an accomplished writer. <laughs> you know, what is that first chat with him like? Well, you know, this, this, is, this is something that I, I really respect Spike for and will be thankful for. Um, I th- a natural assumption would be if you have a, a director who's a writer that they're going to say, well, I want to do uh, I want to do a version of the script. Mm-hmm. I want to, which we've seen, of course, plenty of times. Um, but the thing about Spike was he liked the script. That's great. And the I have come to believe, and I mean, you'd, I suppose you'd have to ask him. I I feel that because he's a writer, he respects writers and he understands yeah. the process. It makes sense. And in 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 his mind, it's like, okay, I'm the director on this one. I'm going to work with. The writer mm-hmm. I, and um, we met uh, in New York. Uh, went out for breakfast and sort of just did all the sort of getting to know you kind of stuff. And then we went up to his uh, office at NYU and sat in his office and watched the original film together. And we had both seen it, of course, mm-hmm. before. But we um, we sat and watched the film and. Uh, talked about it, talked about sort of philosophical approach to what our version would be, and then we went through my script. And you know, I, I would have to, you know, one of the things that's satisfying for me is is that that draft that he read and that we went through is, in so many ways, what you see. Hmm. On screen and in, in in the film, so I mean, of course, the 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 changes made were primarily in specific scenes, dialogue changes or oh, that's scenes so cut. Micro it's, it's micro. That's there there was no, there was no, you know, there was right. nothing major. Right. This character right. doesn't no, work yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It was it that's was fantastic. it was very yeah. No, I mean that's it's uh it's it's you know it, it's. 
very satisfying as as a screenwriter when that happens. Sure. And then yeah. you were on set every day as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, right. so, how soon after you know Spike involved? Did, did oh, it was. I mean, it was about. It was probably about a year. Okay. It was probably about a year from when he came on to, to which makes sense. Which yeah, to when we actually started shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was you know we were in New Orleans for uh, God, how it wasn't a. You know, it was I think we I think we were ten or twelve weeks. Hmm. Um, uh, and how was that experience of being on set? I can't imagine was, there were rewrites on the fly. No, after I mean, having this script for so many right. years, little things here and there. Right. If, it, if it was, it would be you know that there might be like Lizzie and Josh might Spike might have them improvise, and something might interesting might come up in one of those improvisations, and so, um, uh, and so then like some you know take one of that yeah that was a good line and so putting that i i would then incorporate that into the into the script so uh just little things like that or little you know mm-hmm. is are there any scenes we could cut you mm-hmm. know to save a day save half a day of shooting or something like that mm-hmm. um so so it was that it was that kind of work at that point and and you know and and uh spike was great i mean you know he's got his stuff to do but if he needed me for any input mm-hmm. i was there mm-hmm. um you know and occasionally he would have a, he occasionally he would have a question and it 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 at that point my my role is to be as supportive to him as humanly possible i think it would be disastrous if as a writer you tried to assert any kind of authority sure. i mean you're, you're, my my uh, my my perspective on it is is that i feel like i'm the lieutenant who drew up the battle plan but he's the general and we're going to war and that's, i and and that's a terrific uh, perspective on feature uh making mm-hmm. i mean it's it, because that division is so clear uh, between the director and the writer right. as opposed to television right that's yeah um that, that's a great attitude to have going in and and obviously you guys were on the same page you had worked together for a year already right. on this right. project right uh, it's not like he was going to surprise you right <laughs> i mean you know occasionally there would be things that would come up and i would uh <laughs> You know, sometimes, sometimes, uh, you know, actors will come up with ideas, and I. <laughs> well, this is actually and, something I wanted and, to talk and, about. And I and I will I will say, you know, I don't think that's such a good idea. <laughs> um, I did want to ask about this because I mean, you mentioned um, I am Legend, mm-hmm. um, and we've kind of heard stories from other writers we've had on here specifically about working with. Will Smith and input from him, and you know, a writer of that stature. Um, but tell tell me, I mean, an actor rather right, of that stature. Right. Um, tell me a little bit about working with actors when they come on board and rewriting with actors or getting ideas with actors. The collaboration that happens. Well, I, I think it really depends on the actor. Sure. Tell me about when it goes goes well. When it goes well, <laughs> like I, I can. I'll remember. I can. I'll never forget someone I have tremendous respect for is Vincent D'Onofrio, and it was during the shooting of the cell, mm-hmm. and Vincent essentially said to me, "Mark, it's the actor's job to make the script work. It's not the actor's job to reinvent hmm. the script." Um, and so he he looked at it 
from a, from a place of I've got to find a way to make what is here on the page work. That's 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 that he felt his mm-hmm. job, and I think sometimes you know the worst part of it is is when an an actor essentially is saying something like. I want to bring in my own guy and have him rewrite sure. all my dialogue. I I want my guy to write my dialogue. Have you faced that? Okay, uh, a couple of times, and I and I will take the fifth. Oh on, no, of course. <laughs> but that's um, that, that's so mentions. strange. I mean, absolutely sure. There is a guy who knows the way that you want to speak in this movie. You, as an actor, mm-hmm. want to speak in this movie. Mm-hmm. But this movie has been somebody else's project. Right. And, and, and in your case, and, and, and sometimes... And the thing... The thing... If you start looking at it on that micro level, is mm-hmm. like, okay, how can I make my character stand out more, mm-hmm. or be a little more... You're, Likeable, you're not, whatever. whatever. Yeah. You're, you're not looking at the big picture. Yeah. You're not looking at the whole thing, and you're not looking at how that one line might affect sure. something further down. You know, it might have tremendous repercussions in terms of the whole piece. So, you know, sometimes that that just takes a little. You know, it's diplomacy. You know, <laughs> you, you you know there. I mean, but you know, I can say that you know there were certain things that came up. You know, ideas from Josh or ideas from Lizzie that were really solid, and mm-hmm. were in, in you know, and and so you you take those ideas and then and then rewrite the scene, incorporating the ideas but maintaining the integrity of what you've got mm-hmm. there. You know, it, it could be just a few lines here and there, mm-hmm. a few words here and there, but you know, you you want to be supportive of them as actors, mm-hmm. but you also have to. Make sure that the integrity of the script isn't being compromised. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I mean, Brolin and Ol- Olsen specifically strike me as very intuitive actors. Like these are actor actors; these are not movie stars. Right, right. You know, they I, are, I, they're in the dirt. You're a hundred percent right there. Uh, so I can I can see where that collaboration would yeah. be valuable. Yeah. Um, I want to talk just briefly about I Am Legend. Mm-hmm. Um, eight years. In development, is that what you oh, said? Probably ten. That's unbelievable. I mean, probably obviously, ten. this is a story that's been remade a number of times, and there were big expectations <laughs> for this version of it. When did you come on board? Um, it was shortly after I had written the cell, and, and the cell sold as a spec script, and mm-hmm. then when you know the, your agent will then use your spec script as a calling card mm-hmm. for for writing assignments. And I remember going into Warner Brothers and sitting down with uh, Lorenzo de Bonaventura, now big producer Lorenzo, my old friend Lorenzo. <laughs> um, and uh, Lorenzo was, a, I think Lorenzo was a VP at the time at the oh, studio, wow. soon to be president of the studio. <laughs> um, and sat down with Lorenzo and he said, I loved the script for The Cell. Uh, I'd love for you to write something here. I want to talk to you about three projects. The first one is I Am Legend. And I said, we don't need to talk about the other two. No way. Yeah. And, wow. And, and uh, because I, I loved the book, The Omega Man mm-hmm. was a huge favorite of mine as a kid when I first saw I first saw The Omega Man at a drive-in. No way. Yeah. My, my <laughs> That's old, a great my movie. Older, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, We're, so, I mean, having such affection for the source material, I mean, I guess it's kind of the same thing as you had with Old Boy, but like... 
you had to be somewhat nervous about approaching it and well, I think figuring pa- out what your take you know, is. Part, I think part of the helpful thing with I Am Legend was, you know, it had been, there. you know, there's The Last Man on Earth, mm-hmm. then there was The Omega Man, which, which definitely took some liberties with mm-hmm. the original story. And the... The thing about I love the Matheson book, and I'll I'll still run into people who go, "Oh well, you know, you weren't faithful to the book, and that's such a great book." The thing about the book is, if you go back and look at it, and I love the book, but the book is so much of the book takes takes place inside Neville's head. Mm-hmm. It's a there's a lot of ideas in that book, and if you sort of boil down the actual action, it's very limited. Actually, like The Last Man on Earth is actually a fairly faithful yes. adaptation of, of, of that story. Yeah. In that it's incredibly slow. I mean, it's a great movie, but it's incredibly slow. It, it, but And so, you know, my feeling always in that regard is, is yeah, but, mm-hmm. you know, and, so, and, you're, yeah. but, and also, it's, it's going to be an expensive movie. You're, 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 you're dealing with you know, you want it to be competitive in a mar- you know, in, mm-hmm. in the marketplace. So, it, also, I think in a certain sense, in, in some, you know, there are always going to be people who feel like, in terms of like, in terms of adapting a book, you have to be completely reverent right. to the source slavish. material. Yes, yeah. slavish devotion to the source material. In, in this case, I think, we're in, in Old Boy's case, we're dealing with people who are slavishly devoted to the original film and mm-hmm. feel almost like it's uh, a religious totem <laughs> that, that, yeah. that the idea of copying, uh, of, of doing a different version of that is somehow blasphemous. I can't, there's no arguing with <laughs> with the the zealots and and I respect that I understand that that they, I mean there are certain films that I think if I heard they were they were remaking I, it would upset me but I, I think but you th- still th- I mean listen fans you still have that original thing you that's know my, it doesn't that's go that's what anywhere. I always say that's what I always say that it's it's not like our film is somehow going to erase the original exactly. it will always exist you'll always have it and you will always have that experience of seeing it for the first time and and so. Um, but in, in I am in in I both cases I could look at I am legend and um, and uh, old boy and at a certain point just creatively you have to put blinders on you have to look at this and in in, in in a way trick yourself into saying I'm writing this for the first time I'm telling this story yeah, as if I'm telling this story to people who've never heard it before. Mm-hmm. And so you also want to then bring in aspects of yourself. You mm-hmm. want, you know, you want to bring in, you know, themes and ideas and concepts that mean something to you and and you want to have some freedom. I mean, I don't think there would be I don't see any joy as a screenwriter in doing what would essentially be a translation of another film sure. or an absolutely literal adaptation of a book, mm-hmm. uh, there, there's there's nothing creatively satisfying. And there. I think and people would recognize that and not respond. You know, as much as that may be something fans want, if they saw that, they would hate it. Right. I I, I agree. I, I think people will say, "Oh, that's what I want," but it's then it's then. You know, you might, you know, you might as well just run the original through a Xerox and <laughs> yeah. and, and it's so, a dead object, right? Um, right. I am. Um, I would imagine that that approach, uh, how do I tell this thing for the first time, how do I describe it to someone as if they're hearing it for the first time, uh, is a great way to kind of get the 
bare bones of your story down too. Like I would imagine that's kind of part of your outlining process. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I would, I would say that in even in that initial, in those initial stages, you're you're trying to. This is what this is what I always go through. I'm trying to see the movie in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to you know this when I when I get to that point when I'm writing where the where the it's a great feeling when sort of the movie exists in your head and really every day when you sit down to write you just feel like oh okay all I've got to do is take dictation or about what that scene I'm just going to yeah. describe what that scene is as opposed to other days where it feels like it's a big empty thing up there and you go okay how do I put this in that spot how do I in in my it's it's sort of taking away something taking pieces away from something that's already complete as opposed mm. to creating pieces and trying to fit them into something. That's a much more wow, difficult difficult process. Yeah. And so I'll always try to get to a point where it, the movie already exists in my mm. head and I can see it. And, 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 and that will begin at that outline or treatment stage. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, you know, you're, you're really trying to, to get the core aspects of the story down do you uh, and i'm going to kind of jump around here a little bit because we we have to start to wrap up but do you tend to think and write visually absolutely absolutely i mean even in describing it watching you here describing it you're pointing to the air (laughs) saying like i take these pieces out almost miming it it's very interesting I, i one of the things i'm proud of is people when they read my actual scripts you know seeing the movies is one thing but when mm-hmm. they when they read the scripts they will say things to me like i could see the movie in my head mm-hmm. as i was reading your script and um i probably i take pride in writing strong visual description in mm-hmm. in, in I, I think that's sometimes a neglected aspect of screenwriting, um, and I'm not I'm you know I probably in the past used to be a little too descriptive. Gotten, <laughs> well, it's a tough gotten, line. It right? is a tough line, but I I really t- do try to create a fairly detailed, without being, you know, having you know, right. Uh, blocks of, blocks di- of yeah, text. Of text. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I I really do try to 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 have a lot of the action the physical action description of atmosphere descri- mm-hmm. you know the, the, um, you know the, there's 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 an there's an art and craft to 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 that to the to writing compelling visual description absolutely and it's so, it may and be I, the I, I love i actually that's probably the most fun i have hmm. um, are you a novelist at heart I don't know. Maybe you know that, that's another thing people will say to me when they've read my scripts. Is like, have you ever thought about writing a book? And I do think about it, but I, but I, but I, I haven't written any uh, fiction in a long time. Um, well, the reason I asked about thinking visually is, are you directing your next project? Um, I, I, there, there, there have been a couple of things over the years that I've toyed with directing. Um, uh, one thing, a couple of things that I've toyed with and have since fallen apart, uh, mainly out of my my interest in, mm-hmm. in them. Um, but it's definitely something I'm thinking of doing in the next couple of years. Cool. And what I think the decision that I made in regard to those other projects is is that I I I'd love it to be an original idea. Mm-hmm. And so, well, so I've got something I'm. 
in, in, <laughs> you're toying yeah, with all right. that I'm, all right. that That's I'm working fair. on. All right. Um, let me ask you, uh, we get this question a lot, uh, so I want to make sure to get it in, but you live in New York? I right? live, actually live uh, on Cape Cod in Massachusetts now. No kidding. Yep. My wife's family I'm, is there. So. I'm from Boston. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, where, where do you live on the Cape? Uh, in Provincetown. No way. Yeah, my wife's family. Year round? Year round. It must be crazy. You must be like the year shining there in winter. <laughs> <laughs> it is what the, popul- the population goes from something like 50,000 in the summer to 5,000 no. in the winter. Yeah, no, my wife and I were so, there the summer saying, yeah. what if we lived here yeah. year round? What would happen? <laughs> now, her family's been there since the 1930s. No way. Yeah. It must yeah. be, that must be a great place. Yeah, it's, be- it's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. It really and, is. And, I, I on one you know I reached a point where I was kind of had enough of living in cities. Mm-hmm. I lived in I grew up in Chicago and then I lived in LA for a long time and just reached a point where I think I wanted something a little more rural. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this is my question. I mean, and again, we get this all the time. Uh, and for feature writing, it's very different, I think, from television writing. But do you have to live in New York or LA to break in? I think to break in, you do. Mm-hmm. I, I do think at the beginning, you know, at the at the you know, there are. You want to be available for meetings. You want to be if somebody wants to be, especially if you're starting out and people want to get to know you. If people yeah. want to meet you, if people maybe, you know, can you come over and talk about this? But you know, you want to be available for that. Mm-hmm. I think uh, at, at a, I'm I'm lucky in that I had established myself at a certain point. Uh, you know, where where people wanted to work with me and. So my living away um, uh, wasn't a hindrance. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I could I could say probably that uh, you know there are probably projects that um, that maybe people don't think of me of because they'd like me to come in and. Mm-hmm. You know, but we, I don't even know about that because they they'll call me on the phone or right. I've skyped with people. Right. I mean, you you've, know, you've so. done you've kind of done enough that you know yeah, you're, right. you're allowed this but, luxury. But I would say, and I advocate this to all young writers, I really do think you've got to come out to L.A. Uh, at least you know for for a good amount of time before you yeah. establish yourself. And I mean, it took me, you know. I was I lived out here for about six years before I sold something you know, and wrote, probably wrote six scripts mm-hmm. uh, before uh, before I sold the selling. You know, you get interest from people, you get yeah. you know, you get little nibbles. <laughs> it's, this always and that. it's always just out of reach. It's <laughs> always just out of reach, and you got the agent who will maybe sort of keep you in their <laughs> hip pocket, and maybe see if something somebody nibbles something yeah. you do, and then yeah, and and so I had I went through a lot of that. Uh, when I was when I was first out here, and you know, my the, the weird thing for me was is that uh, you know I, I I needed to work too. So I mean I you know I initially found work as a reader as a as a story which analyst, must have been and, really valuable, which was actually incredibly valuable. I and mean, I'm you know I spent four years in film school, but it was probably that first year as a reader yeah. that I actually learned more about screenwriting. I was also wor- reading for a very good producer. I, I was Scott Rudin's reader. The, fir- oh, no way. the first year he became a pro- the first year he was a producer. He was just starting wow. out. And uh, I, w- I was I was Scott's in-house reader. The only reader. I think I, I'm, I, I, think I read for about 12 hours a day <laughs> oh, every five, seven days a week for about a year. But I, I learned an awful lot. I'm sure. Do you remember the, the biggest takeaway from that or, you know, some, some key piece of advice um, that, that has really stuck with you that you still use? Good writing rises to the top. 
it it really you you get a stack of 20 scripts <laughs> the one that's well written shines and it's good and, to hear and um and it it may not be the most compelling story or or commercial story mm-hmm. but the per- you you there's clearly a personality um involved in in mm-hmm. in what's being written and how it's being presented you know and you and you say i want to meet the person who <laughs> wrote this you know it's that it's great. and i think sometimes a lot sometimes screenwriting can be a little too generic uh it, it, because it, it's an aspect of 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 the thing itself mm-hmm. that you want it to be as sort of bare bones as possible but i do think you know in terms of subject matter in terms of you know dialogue i mean i you know i admire people who ha- who you know i'm i'm much more of a story centered writer i admire great dialogue writers mm-hmm. um but uh, you know and sometimes it's just it's in the it's in you know uh, it could be in the way you describe you know the way you describe action mm-hmm. i mean but uh, you know it, it really sort of you know there were certain writers when i was when i first moved out here the, you know the the writers I admired then, like Steve Zalian and Paul Atanasio, um, you know they they were sort of the the the, the writers that everyone was uh, that were up and coming then. J.J. Mm-hmm. J. Abrams even at that sure. at that time, um, and uh, you know you you looked at their scripts and you go, okay, I get it. Now I get I get what it means to really be able to write a screenplay hmm. and so it was it was read it, it really was reading their you know that work um that's that's the, great the, that uh that that said you know one of the things <laughs> it was like you know you're you're starting and you go i gotta get better absolutely i got i got i got yeah. i got i got to work i gotta work right gotta, it's, gotta, it's gotta, both disheartening and, and inspirational. inspirational right yeah, absolutely yeah um and let me just ask you before we wrap up uh have you seen movies lately that you love that are getting you inspired have you read books lately that are getting you inspired uh tv anything you're talking about with your <sighs> wife with your colleagues well it's funny you know that the they're i like almost every person on the planet now, I think have, you know, have have fallen into binge watching and catching up on shows. I, I I mean, I really, I love feature films. I, but there's an awful lot of TV that was very inspiring. Like I, I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. I'm a huge Breaking Bad fan. Mad Men fan was a giant Sopranos and The Wire fan. Um, I, I sometimes do think about TV. It would be a big lifestyle change Absolutely. because you, you've got to be, you've got to be where the where uh, the show's being produced. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's go make a show on the Cape. It'd be so much fun. <laughs> that's a good idea. I like that idea. Right. We'll shoot uh, for a few months. <laughs> Shall I have to shut down? Um, but but then there, you know, like I, you know, there are certain uh, like I loved Gravity. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've I've heard some people complain about. You know the dialogue or the revelations of the character. I loved every moment of it. Cool. I, to That's me, to idea. me, it was uh, it was one of the, you know, also just in terms of its style, I uh, the, or or the, the 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 skill involved, the technical. It was to me, it was just this perfect blend of cinematic experience and sort of soulful mm-hmm. experience as well. So I I I really loved that. Um, um, I've been really. Getting into uh, uh, Nicholas uh, 
Winding, I'm not sure uh, about him, Nicholas, Winding, Winding Refn, yeah. Nicholas, uh, the, uh, Drive, mm -hmm. and Only God Forgives, mm -hmm. and Valhalla Rising, so I've been, uh, you know, the, the, they're, um, you know, in some ways, uh, he's, he's sort of almost, uh, I put him in the same category as uh, Chanwook Park, the director of the original Old Boy, because they're, they're, there, it's so much about style. It's mm. so much about the vi the visual image. It's mm -hmm. so much, uh, you know, that, that's you know, incredibly uh, uh, just unique. It's mm -hmm. it's sort of like you're uh, looking at a unique painter. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's yeah. impactful in a sort of visceral in, in, way. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. that just a story is right. not. That's, right. That's interesting. Right. Uh, well, that's great. Uh, so, old boy, is it when is it out? Uh, November twenty seventh, Thanksgiving, awesome. Thanksgiving weekend. Perfect, perfect film for the <laughs> perfect film for the whole family. Yeah, finish your turkey, go see old boy. <laughs> take grandma, take the kids. Oh dear lord, the <laughs> <laughs> I can't even. Yeah, thank you okay. for being here. Right. You're very welcome. I really appreciate it. All right. Now leaving Nerdist.com.